Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it's episode 29 and the Indians are in the postseason. We're going to break down the Indian season to this point. We're going to look ahead to the playoffs, and we're going to talk about Shane Bieber's bid for certainly Cy Young, but can he be in the MVP picture as well? Plus, we're going to talk Browns as they've got a game coming up this week against the Washington football team. We'll look back at their win last week against the Bengals. We're getting some players coming back from injury. We'll talk about that, plus our Garage Beers of the Week. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on into episode 29, the last episode in the 20s of the Garage Beers podcast. With you, as always, I am your host, Michael Keefe. You can find me online at Garage Beers Mike on Twitter. Uh, and you can find the show on Twitter at The Garage Beers. Same place on our Instagram at The Garage Beers. You can also find us on Facebook for all kinds of fun and adventures and even some new fun things that we'll talk about that we're going to do this upcoming week after the Browns game. You'll want to uh, tune in for that. But uh, joining me as always this week, my co hosts. First of all, over on the east side of Cleveland, hanging out outside, enjoying the beautiful weather. We got my man, Chad Meyer, at Garage Beers Chad on Twitter. What's going on, Chad? Hi. <laughs> uh, guys, the backlash I've been getting for my well-done state comment last week is really, is, 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 uh, has been stunning, really. Remind the people. I didn't know Remind people, people. like well, last week, you know, we had Tyvis Powell on, uh, 2015 defensive MVP in the Natty. You know, no big deal from Ohio State. Uh, again, great guest. No big deal. We've had some great guests on this podcast. Great guests coming up. Anyway, um, <laughs> I said, you know, I brought up something. I said, you've got to be a special kind of asshole to like a well-done steak. Oh, for real. Because we got on the topic of food. Uh, and, you know, people are like, well-done steaks aren't that bad. You just smother it in A1. You just, you just, uh, you know, you put all sorts of seasoning on it. Anyone, like, what's wrong with you? Well done steak. Listen, I'm not saying you're a bad person. You know, if you like a well done you're steak. Just just saying, you're just an asshole. You're a special type of, you're a special type of asshole. Like, I don't trust you. You might as well keep that cow alive. Cause you're, cause you're wasting that meat. You know, you like, you know what, you, you know what I think of every time someone eats a well done steak? Like I like, and I watch him chew it. I, like I think of like 
Clark in Christmas Vacation trying to get through the turkey. <laughs> and he's like, like, it's just the worst. Because we all talked about, like, how crispy do you like your bacon, too? I don't like rubbery bacon, but I'll still eat it. I won't touch a well-done steak. <laughs> no way. Listen, I get it. Some people just like their meat well done. Uh, but if you're a well-done steak person, you just really don't like steaks all that much to begin with. <laughs> and so you're just kind of getting through it is right. basically what's happening. Right. Don't order a steak then. If you like it well done, just don't order a steak. I'm with you, Chad. I'm with you. So Chad's still catching heat about well-done steaks, even though his take on the subject <laughs> nice. is the correct take. Oh, do you like that? You like that? <laughs> Great pun. So while Chad cools himself down over, uh, over that comment, uh, over his well-done steaks, we're going to send it down to Nashville, Tennessee, to our uh, third co-host here at the Garage Beers podcast. Find him on Twitter, at Garage Beers Joe. It's Joey Whalen. What's going on, Joe? I have found the next uh, outfield prospect for the Cleveland Indians. Oh, boy. It is me. And the reason is, oh boy, <laughs> we just had our first co-ed softball game on Monday. And let me tell you, in six innings, I was catching, I was shagging some balls out there in left field. I've made one run on okay. a dead sprint, uh, covered probably about like fifty yards. No, not fifty yards, maybe like thirty feet. yards. Fifty feet. <laughs> no, I was, yeah, we were running, um, but I did kind of blow it. Uh, we were down six runs in the bottom of the last inning. Uh, and I got a double. I was three for three, by the way. I got a double, and Ooh. the person after me uh, grounded to the shortstop. I decided to wait uh. until the shortstop relayed at first to, you know, be a little aggressive on the base pads. But what I didn't account <laughs> for is my um, uh, a COVID physique, um, and so I took probably like three steps off the bag, and I looked dragging up an anchor. Oh, the ball was already at third base. <laughs> they already got the guy out of first. <laughs> Dudes had absolute cannons. Get the guy out of first. Get, ball's waiting for me at third. I'm like, all right. I, I want to, like, Javi Baez this guy and, like, swim with this guy on my way in. And I, I, I go to try to slide and, like, juke out of the way. And I literally just, like, fell to the ground and skinned my knee like a three-year-old. So I, <laughs> I put my head down and ran to the dugout and uh, cried the rest of the night. And now we're here. So... If I had to picture you playing a game of softball right now, that's exactly the way I would have guessed that it was going to go. I got to say, though, not to not to be a dick, but fantastic uh, outfielding on my part. How are the oh, throws? Okay. Oh, uh, good. No, oh, not over anyone's head. Uh, oh, the one okay. running catch, I short hopped uh, from the fence. I short hopped uh, the second baseman, which is exciting. Um, and then there was one that I spiked right into the ground. So, <laughs> you know, there's like a, there's like a 60% uh, success. Rate. That, Listen, uh, that, turned, that turned into a triple. <laughs> hey, tur- turn off Antonetti. If you're listening to this, he is available. And I don't know if you heard the description of how mm-hmm. he played in a softball game. But, like, if you're not drooling to get this guy on the Indians, I don't know what the hell's wrong with All right. you. I'm he the only Matthew spiked Del- it right Del- in front of him one time, and he skinned his knee. I'm the Matthew Delvadova of uh, baseball and probably with the same baseball skills. So, softball. Listen, softball. listen last, last week with Tyvis on, right, we had all 32 NFL GMs that listen to this podcast. We're getting him a contract. You damn sure Antonetti and Turnoff are listening to this podcast. 
your newest outfielder for the Cleveland Indians, ladies and gentlemen, Joey Whaler. <laughs> we got a good shout out. We got a good shout out from Tyvis uh, yeah. on his No Cap podcast because uh, we, we told him, I told him about 18 minute wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. Again, if you yeah. ever go to Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, which isn't my favorite place, but it's okay. Ask for the 18 minute wings, extra crispy. They are delicious. So, did he do it? Um, yeah, he did. He did, and he loved it. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's just us in the garage tonight. We're uh, we're excited to just talk. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of news happening, especially in the Cleveland sports world, and we're excited to dive into the Indians and the Browns and all that stuff. But obviously, before we get to that, we've got to do our favorite segment of the week. It's not called Garage Beers for nothing. So it's time for our Garage Beers of the Week. And I think it's my turn to lead it off. Uh, so yes. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to bring it back to Cleveland I'm going to go very local with the probably the most iconic of the Cleveland breweries. I'm going to go to Great Lakes, which I know we've had on here a couple times. Uh, but this is a beer I've wanted to try, and I haven't found it in stores anywhere. And then just magically it was there. So I have the Hazecraft IPA from Great Lakes Brewery. It is a kind of one of those hazy New England IPAs, uh, and it's really, really good. They did a good job with it, uh, 6.5%-ish. Um, and it's just ish. that ish, ish. I didn't want to go decimally 6.7%. Is that what they had on the bottle? <laughs> like 6.5 ish. That's almost 7%. So that's true. It's if I wanted to round up, it would be 7%. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's just refreshing and it's citrusy. And of course, you know, it's juicy. Uh, and yeah, really, really good. And again, uh, uh, I, for a while, some places have struggled. Oh my God, the Indians just hit a walk-off homer. And guess who Jordan, did it? Jordan Luplo, <laughs> who I advocated cutting. <laughs> who I advocated uh, cutting. Like still, the last been, nice of him it. to show up after we clinch. Yeah, Jordan still, Luplo just uh, walks it off. I still advocate cutting him. <laughs> One home yeah. run isn't going to change my opinion on that guy. I agree, <laughs> but he just hit a bomb to left field. <laughs> And uh, and they're mobbing him at the plate. Man, what a great, uh, what a great way. Listen, it's a four game series. The Indians have won the first three against the Sox. Uh, they win tomorrow, and what? They're like a game back. Uh, so like, uh, they're not locked into like one of the last two wild card. Uh, you've got a series against Pittsburgh coming up this weekend that every game should be winnable. Uh, who knows how the Indians could finish? And and this is what you're looking for. We'll get into it when we talk about the Indians, but. Uh, you're looking for this momentum going into the playoffs. Well, they're building it right now. So uh, again, we'll, get we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but you heard about mine, the Hayescraft IPA from Great Lakes. Let's send it down to Nashville to Joey Whalen. What's your garage beer this week? Hi. Uh, garage wait, beer. A minute, wait a minute. The bat flip. I didn't see it on the home oh, run. The bat flip? The bat, one of the great bat flips. He didn't bat flip. He took it in his right hand as he was stepping over the plate and just threw it back towards the dugout. Real aggressive, like that. <laughs> a boy, Lou. Okay, okay. All right, all you right. keep doing stuff like that. The bat flip. Look at you can, uh, you can bat flip it. You can bat you flip it. Bat flipping like that, you can stay on the team, Luplo. That was beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Joe. Back like to your that. garage beer. Uh, he's gonna get absolutely pelted. <laughs> <laughs> wearing that to the divisional series um yeah all right where he so, won't hit anyway <laughs> yeah uh from fat bottom i think i think i did fat bottom before they're uh in nashville they're one of my favorite nashville breweries 
Um, this is not one of my favorite Nashville beers. It's still oh. enjoyable. And, you know, it's fine. It happens. It's a it's a, um, a special release. It's for the Nashville F- SC MLS team. It's a it's called Breakaway. It's a session IPA, um, and it's good. I mean, it's a session IPA, so it's, it doesn't have that like super forward hop taste. But for me, it was just like kind of completely lacking in any type of hoppy feel. Um, and it's like it's like that aftertaste you get like like 30 seconds after your last sip of beer where it's like, Oh yeah, this is, I just wish I didn't have that in my mouth right now, but I did drink the whole thing. So it was good. What? It was good. Uh, no diss on fat bottom though. Cause I think that's a great brewery. Not my favorite beer from them. Fair. Very fair. All right. So fat bottom brewery down in Nashville. And that sends us over to the East side to Chad Meyer. Chad, what is your garage beer this week? Well, it's uh, you know, from, I went with one of my favorite Cleveland beers. Uh, well, breweries. This week, it's a uh, platform brewery. And Mike, you had this on the uh, opening weekend uh, of the Browns when they uh, were in Baltimore to play the Ravens. But it's uh, from Platform Brewing Company. It's the, the Muni Hazy Session IPA. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just interested. I mean, anything Browns can related, I'm going to try no matter what. The it's a great is. can. Yeah, it's definitely a great can. Um, and it's okay. It's not That's bad. Again, it's a, it's a hazy session, but it's. It did not. It, it doesn't knock my socks off, but it's not too hoppy, not too bitter, but it's it's a it's a drinkable beer. Uh, yeah, that's it. Of course, it's juicy, very juicy, juicy, pear, pear, pear. juicy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll say I will say this, Chad. You'll like this as much of an IPA guy as I am. The session IPAs just rarely do it for me. They yeah. just okay. kind of like Joey said. It's like they take all the punch out of the IPA, and they're just okay. kind of like this soft little not super flavorful situation that I don't love. What does it mean? Like, what does a session mean, really? I don't even know. Uh, why did you not Google that and come ready with an answer? Uh, well, I don't know. I figured we could talk about it on the freaking podcast, Mike. Well, let me read you the official definition of a session okay. IPA. It okay. combines the hoppiness of an IPA with the lower alcohol content of a session beer, which again, a session beer is going to be a lot like a, uh, like a Belgian, like uh, a little weedier. Okay. Um, they're not my favorite uh, okay. sessions. They usually give me kind of a stomachache actually, but yeah, that's probably, that's kind of a good definition for it. Cause again, it just kind of, it kind of dumbs down the IPA <laughs> and kind of takes the IPA ishness away from it. So. Sounds like a lazy beer. I don't like it. Not going to drink any more sessions. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like this one bit. No, no. Sounds like they just kind of <laughs> kind of rush these in time for football season, and then you're just like, nope, nope, yeah. So no more sessions for me. You're lazy beer companies if you do sessions. Wow, wow. Let's not make yeah. enemies here. Make it easy. Oh no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. All right. So we got we've got Great Lakes and Platform represented. And then we got Fat Bottom down in Nashville represented away uh, as well. Those are our garage breweries of the week. Those are our garage beers of the week. And so to kick things off to you guys, Joey and Chad, I say cheers. And to you, the listener as well, cheers to whatever you're drinking tonight. So let's kick things off with the Indians because they're the most recent newsmakers. Um, and this week, the Indians uh, in a big, big series with the White Sox uh, went ahead and locked up a postseason berth. Um, and not only did they do that, but again, as we saw tonight, uh, they have now won three in a row over those White Sox and could potentially even advance even further from being a wild card team up into 
one of the top two or even contending for the top spot in the division. So the tribe heading back to the postseason after a little break. Um, and, and it's just, what a good feeling. I mean, uh, this baseball season, I have to tell you, has just been the only thing it's missing is the fans. Because yeah. I think this baseball season has been so much fun. It's been so much fun watching the urgency of the teams and knowing yeah. that the, all the games really feel like they matter. Like I was talking to Joe, I was with your dad last night when they wrapped up the playoff spot. And I said, think about this, like game 55 or six or whatever game it is. Um, normally in a season, you're in what? beginning of June, end of May yeah. when that happens. Yeah, you're yeah. just talking about um, all-star game stuff at that point. And it doesn't right. matter. No, it doesn't. And you, and you don't care. You lose a game to the White Sox. You're like, all right, cool. We lost a game to the White Sox. Who cares? Right. But, like, right. this season is so much fun. Uh, right. uh, and and the Indians, again, uh, one of the teams that's going to be fighting for the World Series title, uh, they've got their playoff berth, and, and that's step one. Step one is make the playoffs. They went ahead and did that, even though they went through a yeah. horrendous patch, uh, losing eight straight. So I don't know. I'm, I'm all excited about it. I was all jazzed up. Jose Ramirez smashed that home run to walk it off. It was amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm ready for this. How fired up are you? Show me. Like, show me your fired up face. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That gets you uh, going. That'll get you yeah. going. Yeah, sure. I'm like, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Of course, I'm excited that they're they're back in the playoffs. I mean, realistically, uh, I, I, I'm just going into these playoffs. I'm cautiously optimistic. I've always been cautiously optimistic with this bunch just because, you know, obviously I don't ha- I mean, there's really nothing to say about the pitching, the pitching these last few post seasons, these last few seasons and post seasons has been nothing short of brilliant. It's just really a matter of what lineup are we going to see? Uh, you know, this is such a streaky team when it comes to hitting. I was talking to Joe, Mike, when you were working out your, you know, issue issues. My internet. internet. (laughs) And that's, that's really what it is. It's, 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 is this the start of the, this lineup getting into getting hot going in there or are they just going to be that, that inconsistent, those inconsistent bats that you've been seeing? Cause like right now, yeah, it, it's it's great. I don't want to take away from the excitement, but like, mm-hmm. if you're asking me my thoughts going into this postseason, that's that's my concern because right now it's a, it's an e- there's an easy way to attack this lineup, and that's don't pitch to J Ram and then just take your chances with everybody else. So uh, it's yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. But I hope I hope we see that I hope we see that team that went on that 22 game win streak. That would be awesome because that would mean we'd be close to a freaking World Series <laughs> title. I'm, but I'm kind, uh, of, yeah. uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Chad. I I feel like um, I hope obviously the team is proud to make the playoffs. I feel like they should feel very lucky that they did yeah. uh, because any other year, the way that they played, um, they would not have made the playoffs. They've had yeah. by far and away the best pitching staff in all of baseball. Um, and to put the kind of um, stress and like crutch um, against his pitching staff to, to rely on them so heavily every night, like the Indi- all the Indians had to do was get basically two runs at any point at any game this year, and they would be in the same position they are now. Right. I uh, am just nervous because 
you know, if the pitching staff gets shelled at any point in this playoffs uh, run, then I'm, the offense isn't going to be able to come back to that. I mean, unless like they catch fire now, like maybe this like weekend in Pittsburgh, they get hot. Um, and then maybe they can go into the playoffs with a full head of steam, but they are such a streaky, streaky offensive lineup that they need to be on that streak of scoring or else they're not going to get more than two runs a game. And that well, may not be enough in a playoff scenario. I'll tell you what, listen, obviously there's struggles. The bottom part of the lineup is, is atrocious night in and night out. Uh, I'm available uh, when the catch, <laughs> <laughs> when the catching spot comes up, it is rough. Uh, and whoever they have playing center field typically can't hit. Although again, I still, I don't hate Delino to shields. I think he puts together good at bats. They just don't always wind up with hits. Yeah. But I want to give credit for a minute to the combo of Sandy Alomar and Terry Francona, who I'm sure, sure. is still doing coaching. Oh yeah. yeah. And that coaching staff for recognizing that you can't just stick with it and it's not just going to fix itself. So I, I do like what they did by, by moving Frankie up to the leadoff spot and saying, listen, all right, we're going to take him out of these situations that he is struggling in and we're going to make him the leadoff hitter and let him come out and set the table. He's looked more comfortable at the plate. Um, uh, well, and, and that's what he did a year ago, a year ago, or was it maybe two years ago? The story was, is Frankie wanted to be the leadoff hitter because he's like, I want to set the, set the table for the rest of the team. I yeah. think once they made that move, um, he responded pretty well and the team will respond pretty well. And well, um, and now you that's, but the, the funny thing is Cesar Hernandez hits like he's a hitter. He's a good hitter. He's consistent. And right. Good hitter. Uh, so he's still hitting in the two hole, which for the last couple of years when they've been trying to sling out like Kipnis in the two hole and it wasn't working, uh, it's great to have a good two hitter. Uh, now you've got the, what it did for Jose Ramirez though. I mean, when they move Frankie, that's when Jose went on his tear. He's had a good year all year, but that's, I mean, like the guy hits a three run Homer in almost every game he plays at this point. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing to not see one tonight. Uh, so I, I give them kudos for making that change. Santana's swinging the bat. Uh, you know, he's taking a lot of walks, as he always does. Santana's just – What you want him to do. Santana's just the most annoying hitter. Exactly. He must be the most annoying hitter for the other team because he comes in hitting – I think his batting average is still below 200, isn't it? Yeah, it's 189. But, yeah. But, but you know you're going to throw him. If he comes up to the plate four times, he's going to see 16, 17 pitches. Like – Sure. Uh, he's just he's he's an incredible at bat, and and then he does what he did tonight, and when he does connect, he provides some power. Uh, he got he had a home run to get the Indians on the board. So listen, obviously the Indians' offense is scary, but I do think that that change they made by putting Lindor at the top, it's been better. Even though last night they didn't, well they wound up scoring more runs tonight. They didn't score a ton of runs. They won three to two, um, but. I do think it's a capable offense. And again, it's, they feel to me a lot like that team, like 2016, they just got hot at the right time. Like right. the nationals, yeah. like, the nationals just got hot at the right time. Uh, and a lot of times that's the team that ends up winning it. And it feels like that's what the Indians are doing right now. I hope right. so. And I'm... Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I was the one thing I had, um, I think kind of like the Indians ace in the hole this year um, is going to be that they do have 
an abundance of starting pitching. They don't have to necessarily rely on having Shane Bieber go on short rest, which again, he's not used to. Tito did that in the 2006 World Series. Um, I think they did it again sometime after that too. Uh, but I think because the pitching is so deep, you're able to keep people very rested. You can have pitchers start on normal rest, which is, I think, huge in the postseason because a lot of teams try to stretch that. And I, I don't know if you can show me, like, statistics on successful starting outings uh, for pitchers that are on short rest, but it's got to be, like, less than 10%. Because I feel like that's always something that managers like pull the trigger on, especially Tito, and it never, never turns out well. So I hope, hopefully, that'll be an advantage for the Indians uh, in this run. So as of right now, the American League playoff picture looks like this, and again, there's still a couple spots to be decided. But the teams that are definitely in, Oakland ran away with the West. Uh, they they clinched the West title. The White Sox, the Twins, and the Indians are all going to be in the postseason. Uh, right now, the White Sox and Twins are tied at the top of the division. The Indians are two games back with four to play. And then uh, Tampa Bay and New York have both clinched spots. Tampa Bay is up three and a half games with four to play, so they technically haven't clinched the division, but they will. Um, and then teams vying for a playoff spot, Toronto, uh, and Houston are the teams in the driver's seat. They should be the ones that take the playoff spots, uh, but the Angels are still alive, which is surprising to say because uh, I, I don't know how that team just. I'd be, I'd be, I might quit baseball if I was an Angels fan. With how for bad all the hype they get. But yeah, all but look who hype. plays. Look who plays for them. Like they've got just talent everywhere, and they just will not. They will do nothing to invest in pitching. And it drives you mad. Uh, yep. But so it looks like Toronto and Houston will probably round things out. Uh, again, the way playoff seeding is going to work, the top two teams from every division are going to get the top six seeds. And then the two wild card teams are going to, uh, whoever has the better record is going to get the seven seed and then the eight seed. So, um, you know, the Indians right now are two games back of being top two in the division, so it looks like they are likely to hit one of those wild card spots. Uh, but that very well could put them up against a team like the White Sox, which I would be okay with. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That'd be a good first round for them to try to get that offense going. Yeah, yeah. Look, I watched I the White Sox. Yeah, look, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm not excited for the Indians. I would way – Way much. Uh, I I would much rather make the playoffs than suck. But it, it, it it's just it, it, you know it's just like I said that lineup is bottom line. Bottom line. If the Indians hit, they are a World Series contender. I be, yes. I believe true believe in my heart that they will that they will win the World Series if but, they hit. If they hit, but this pitch but but this offense right now is not good enough to survive bad outings by the pitching staff in the playoffs. It's, 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 it's just not. But if they hit, they're going to win the title. In my can, we talk about, can we talk about the White Sox for a minute? Because I'm watching this White Sox team, and I had an epiphany. Yeah. They got all these young players, and I think they were so smart because they believed in these players, and they, they locked all these guys up to long deals before they even played in Major League Baseball. And I'm watching these guys. Robert, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, you know, some of these other younger guys that got playing and I, and I go, holy shit, 
they have a whole team now, and this guy plays for them now. Mm-hmm. They got a whole team of Edwin Encarnacion's. <laughs> like that's what it feels like, doesn't it? They've got like <laughs> they got like five or six guys in that lineup, including Edwin Encarnacion, who yeah. over the course of their career feel like guys that are going to hit like. 30, 35, 40 bombs in any given season, but yeah. also strike out 278,000 times sure. and, and hit like 230 on the year. It feels like that is the White Sox. Like all of them are that. Yeah, they're sure, going to be that, that. a real problem in like two years. I think they need a little more um, uh, just experience. They're going to need some postseason experience, which they'll get this year and next. Uh, but they are gonna be, they're gonna be bad news. Like, yeah, y- yes, yeah. That, that... <laughs> like, I want to agree with you, yeah, that... but like, I'm looking at these players going, like, that's Edwin Encarnacion. That's Edwin Encarnacion. Oh, it actually is Edwin Encarnacion. But that looks like it. He swings at everything. He swings at everything. And Jose Abreu is their best player, obviously. Uh, but right. uh, who knows how many years he's got left? Now, the one thing I will say for the White Sox that they have going against them is some of their really good young pitching are not playing this year. Right, uh, yeah, they opted out. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that obvious play, obviously plays against them. But, like, I think they're going to be good, but I don't know that they're going to be, like, I don't know. I just have this – I watch them and I go, uh, unless they develop better hitting strokes at the plate, uh, this could be one of those just boomer bust every season teams. They could be a team that wins the division one year and comes in fourth the next year. Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah. Like, for (laughs) real. Like, his years in Toronto and then his first year with Cleveland, it's just like night and day. Yeah. So, let's bring it back to the Indians. Let's talk about something fun uh, because uh, this year Cy Young made his last start tonight. And he got a no decision, but the dude – he wasn't even – he, he had like a C-level stuff tonight, which means he went five innings, threw too many pitches, struck out 10 hitters, gave up one run on like a couple weird plays. Uh, like he jammed Eloy Jimenez into a double, basically, which sucked. Uh, but uh, What a dick. What a dick. Shane Bieber, like this has to be one of the biggest walkaway Cy Young victories ever, right? I mean, like there's other good pitchers sure. out there, but Shane Bieber, this is one of the craziest – 60 game stretches ever yeah pure dominance yeah just i I mean there's really there's nothing else you can say uh uh, about shane than other dominance this year he's he's been head and shoulders above any other pitcher in major league baseball this year and uh yeah i I don't know it's it's a runaway i don't know how anybody could make an argument for anybody else in the american league even in baseball is there a major league is there an mlb cy young like do we have to award one to the al and the nl like, can we just give them both? Just give it both to Shane. <laughs> just give them both. <laughs> it's incredible, though. Like, it, it's a – again, the Indians, man. With these pitchers, you know, like, you got guys like Tristan McKenzie that you're excited about because we've been hearing about Tristan McKenzie for years. And he comes up and he looks good. And he, he needs some seasoning, but he looks awesome. But, like, here comes Shane Bieber, who was not somebody we've been hearing about for years. Yeah. And they bring him up to be like the fourth or fifth starter in a rotation with Clevenger and Kluber and Bauer. And, and, and it's like, oh, let's just kind of put Bieber at the bottom of that rotation. 
here we are one year later, none of those other guys are even on the team anymore. Right. And Shane Bieber's right. better than all of them. Right. Fourth round pick. <laughs> that's a that's a credit to the Indians coaching staff. I mean, this this team has been just keeps developing nasty pitcher after nasty pitcher. And, and like Tristan McKenzie certainly looks like the next nasty one to come up through the through the ranks. But uh yeah. Oh, excuse me, Zach Plesak too. But you know, but yeah. what Shane Bieber has done has just yeah. I, I I don't know. It's it's been a speechless performance this year, really. I don't think I think there someday we're gonna look back at this Indians team. Like it is the most stunning thing that they are able to do <laughs> year in and year. Again, you just you brought up Zach Plesak. Zach Plesak's mm-hmm. like this afterthought. When they brought him up, it was like, oh, this guy can make a spot start here or there. Right. Now, Zach Plesak, right. if there was an all-star game this year. <laughs> And he, he didn't go out with his buddies in Chicago. Zach Plesak would be an all-star. Like, yeah. uh-huh. Zach Plesak yeah. is phenomenal. Like, it is the most incredible talent development from pitching standpoint that I think any team has had that I can think of. Yeah. It's Everybody that seamless. comes up is good. It's Aaron Savale. <laughs> yeah. It's really been seamless. Uh, when Whenever we lose a pitcher, we – somehow stay the same or get better uh yeah yeah i mean clevenger got traded this year and then zach lisak went oh i'm just gonna throw immaculate innings and then we get pissed and then we get pissed at guys like adam plutko who doesn't start very often uh and and like frankly adam plutko would be like a regular number four starter on every staff in baseball like Adam Plutko, and, and they'd be like, yeah, Plutko's solid. He'll get you 12 to 13 wins. And here in Cleveland, yeah. we're like, God, that guy is awful. And I never <laughs> want to see him pitch again. And it's like, no, he's not. He's fine. He just – we are so spoiled. Spoiled is the right word for that. Very, for sure. very spoiled. 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 <laughs> I just – you know, it's it's just awesome to know uh, uh, if we're talking about postseason awards, we're not going to see Bieber again until game one of the postseason – uh, but what an impressive uh, run that he went on. He just was, again, he, he's going to finish eight and one with like a one point, what, 1.7 something ERA. Nah, I mean, that's stupid. Okay. That's averaging right. more than 10 strikeouts per game. Uh, it's all right. just, just incredible. And again, he will walk away with the Cy Young. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If he doesn't, I then it's paid off somehow. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. But then we emerge into this other race, uh, which again I would have I, I I think you can make a for real argument for for Shane Bieber for this, uh, but we go into this MVP race, and all of a sudden here's Jose Ramirez jumping out at yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So I saw this tweet from Mike Freeman. Did you guys see this? I don't think so. <laughs> So Jeff Passan or Passan or however you say it, uh, tweeted, uh, the player with the most wins above replacement in all of baseball is Jose Ramirez. Yep. yep. And oh, so Mike Freeman tweeted, I think his wins above replacement should be higher. Sincerely, his replacement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, Mike Freeman. But That's funny. um I think I saw something else today where uh, the two uh, it's either AL or MLB leaders in wins above replacement um, is Jose Ramirez and Shane Beaver. Yeah. Beaver. 
Nice. I mean, yeah, listen, I think uh, if if any year you could make an argument, because I think the last time a pitcher won the Cy Young and the MVP was Justin Verlander, right, when he played for the Tigers. Yeah. I think if there's any other year since then that you could make an argument, it's this year. I mean, Shane Bieber was – he wasn't just the best pitcher in baseball. He was dominant. And he won a lot of games – uh, for the Indians where they did not put up a lot of runs for him. And yet he was so unhittable all year and he put up the most ridiculous numbers that I think he should, he should be in the conversation for that. But uh, the person that really has put himself in the conversation for the MVP has been Jose Ramirez with this tear that he's been on uh, ever since they've kicked out. And again, Jose has been pretty good all year. But ever since they kicked out of that eight-game slump, Jose Ramirez is hitting 500 with, I want to say he's got like as many homers as he does singles. Uh, he's driving in a ton of runs. And, and, then, and then his signature moment last night, right, with the postseason on the line, Indians magic number down to one. And with the White Sox winning in extra innings, Jose Ramirez comes up and blasts a three-run homer to give the Indians the win, to lock up a playoff berth. And, and I don't know. I know people love to look at numbers, flashy numbers like number of home runs or number of RBIs or whatever. But, like, on an overall level, I, I, you can't find somebody that's been better than Jose Ramirez. No, no. You know, baseball is such a, st- a statistical-driven sport. So, I mean, yeah, you look at the flashy numbers, but if you look at the little things – uh, within those statistics, yeah, he's just been, I mean, one of, arguably one of, if not the best hitters in baseball over this last stretch of games. So, yeah, he, he is definitely uh, in the conversation for sure. Well, that would just be amazing. And, and listen, it, it hopefully would all turn into something. Hopefully it would all turn into, here's the Indians that have, are now on a tear, uh, you know, after a horrible eight-game losing streak, which, again, in a 60-game season amounts to like a 24-game losing streak in a regular yeah. season, uh, mm-hmm. or even more, uh, mm-hmm. they're on a tear. Uh, they're getting hot at the right time. And you could have both the MVP and the Cy Young coming from the same team. Uh, right. Maybe this is one of those magical years for the Indians, and, and, and who knows what kind of run they can go on. Because I'm looking at the other teams in the playoffs – this isn't one of those years where, like, you knew the last couple of years the Astros, now we knew they were cheating, but you knew they, they were just better. They were just way better than everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around, I'm like, the Yankees can be amazing or they can be awful. Right. The Rays are solid, but the Rays are just solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the A's, just a solid team. Okay. Those are the uh, two teams I worry about are the Rays and the A's out of anybody. I think the but, only team that I'm legitimately don't want to play is the twins. Right. Cause the twins cause handle the had, Indians. They, yeah. They've, they've for years and years now, the twins have just had the Indians number. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You just don't want to see the twins outside of that. Sure. Sure. Every game is winnable. But again, I wish, I wish I could have like, could say with like hundred percent confidence, confidence like i wish i could be sitting here being like yeah the indians are going to dominate everything's going to be great but i just i don't know what lineup's going to show up 
That's I right. pray, I pray it's the the lineup. I pray it's the offense that 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 gets hot. The, the you know the offense that, that that I pray that they're getting hot at the right time. But I don't know. I, I can't say I can't say that with confidence that they're going to hit this postseason. It's just kind of a uh, I'm optimistic. It's just kind of a wait and see type of thing. The other thing that I'm excited about with the Indians. Uh, one player that probably a lot of people are just overlooking, not talking about a lot, not uh, having a ton of conversations about, but has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Brad Hand has been has been dominant, like absolutely uh, one of the best closers, if not the best closer in the game this year. Just uh, again, every once in a while. A uh, team will get to him for a couple hits, but he has locked down every save opportunity he has had this year, uh, and he's been awesome. And I think to have that at the back end and the confidence in that, because Brad Hand's usually a guy that plays really well early in the year, and then as the year goes on, he tends to kind of fizzle out a little bit. Well, there is no later on this year. So hopefully there is no fizzle out for Brad Hand. And that back end of the bullpen with Karen Check, and he's got his stuff back. And Whitgren's been awesome. And Brad Hand, I mean, I'm hoping we've got another one of those situations like we had a few years ago where, you know, these starters give you six innings and then the bullpen just goes from there. Yeah, Hand started out the year rough, but, you know, he started out the year his fastball, didn't really have much life to it. You know, it, you know his velocity was down, uh, you know, and, and, and his slider was, was very flat. Uh, but, you know, he seems to have found his stuff again. Uh, he seems to be locating the ball really, really well. Um, yeah, and, and he's just shutting down teams right now. So it's it's. I'm very confident in Brad Hand <laughs> going into this postseason for sure. I, I am in total agreement with you. And listen, I'm not. Again, I I agree that uh, I, I've got concerns about the same issues offensively that you guys have brought up. Uh, is this team going to show up? Are they going to score runs? Uh, or are they going to put up 10 runs in game one and then score two more runs total the next three games? Uh, but uh, there's also just that element of what's going on with them right now. Just back-to-back mm-hmm. walk-off homers. Uh, they're getting clutch hits at the right time. And, again, it just feels like that team – again, that's what the Nationals were doing last year. They just feel like that team that everything's just starting to go right and they're starting to get – not just wins, but they're starting to win in that dramatic fashion at the end of games. And that really yeah. is just building momentum for them. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I sincerely hope so. Yeah, I, I just I, – I don't know if you get it that I'm trying to make that point tonight, guys, but I'm, I want to be wrong. <laughs> I want to be wrong about this Indians offense right now. So, so hopefully it just – it happens – and we come home with the trophy this year. We come home with a ring. I don't know. I'm excited. Joe, I, I'm sure Joe's excited. Uh, uh, but this is going to be – it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun watching playoff baseball uh, again. And, and again, the whole format of the season has been awesome. So, uh, we're there. We, the Indians wrap up the season with uh, one more game against the White Sox, uh, and that will happen when this podcast airs. And then three games against the Pirates over the weekend, and that does it for the Tribe, and, and we head into the playoffs. So uh, hard know, to believe. I know you think, you know, I, I know you're a proponent of not, you know, uh, reducing the amount of games in a baseball season, Mike. What do you think, like, how, like, many games? Like, 60 is probably too short. 
but how but, many yeah. games but how many games do you think you could go to in a in a baseball season that like where it's like you don't uh, it, it's it's not like you know game 60 in june and you don't care but at the same time you still keep that sense of urgency like not like 90 like what do you think 90 games would do well, that well let me first be clear by saying they're not going to do this uh, no i know the number of games provides the amount of money that it does. And so they're not going to do this. Um, yeah, I still think, you know, I still think you can have a long season, but I think you could cut 40 games off the season. Sure. Okay. I think you go down to like one, 120, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that would be a really great place because imagine taking 40 games off the season. That's basically for us here in Cleveland where our season if it doesn't start at the end of March, it starts at the beginning of April. So that's basically that's basically saying you could basically move the beginning of the season to like the middle end of April, and then you could end the season a little earlier so that, you know, we talk about October baseball and the fall classic and all that. Well, every year the World Series seems to get played in November. So, yeah. Yeah. so you're actually ending the season in October – so you're going from like late April to October. That to me is just so much better than yeah, sure. starting the season in March and rolling through November. It right. you lose interest. <laughs> right. Like for real, for even for me, as big of a baseball fan as I am, and I am a I, that's my sport. I love baseball more than any other sport. Right. Yeah, July base June July baseball hits, and I'm like, yeah, if I catch a game, I catch a game. Like, right? <laughs> I'll look at the score every night, but like, that's yeah. kind of it. Uh, yeah. And that's that's just a bummer. That shouldn't be how it is, and it's not for me. Even with like the Cavs, who I love the Cavs, um, but like I try to make it a point to watch pretty much every Cavs game, right? Uh, because like 82 games, I can do that. Uh, right. I'm not missing a Browns game, obviously, and that's different, but I'm not missing a Browns game. I'm watching every Browns. Like the Indians, it's like, yeah, if I miss if I miss a game here or miss a game there, it doesn't affect me. And that's sad. That's just that's just too because long. there's so many of them. There's just right. so damn many of them. <laughs> yeah. So uh so yeah, I, I think this season has been awesome. I think it was a, a huge success. I think it got off to a very rocky start with a bad PR. And then uh, teams catching COVID and having to take time off and all that stuff. But once it all settled down and the teams kind of got their heads on right, uh, it it was an awesome, awesome experience. I think I, I loved watching it. I wish there were fans. Understand why there weren't, but sounds like uh, it sounds like there could be fans for the postseason at least. I know they're saying at least the NL postseason and the yeah. World Series. You know, I'm just Uh glad that they're moving to a bubble format for the postseason. Um, I think that will be the best way to try to keep, like, the COVID out and to keep things clean, to keep people from going out and partying and potentially bringing something back to the team because we just saw how absolutely decimating it was to the Marlins and to the Cardinals. Uh, That would be... Could you imagine if something like that happens in the postseason? Like that would just be horrible. Oh. Yeah, I mean, what would you do? I mean, put I'm whoever sure is on to... your forty-man roster and hope they can show up. Yeah, I'm sure they have contingency plans and whatnot. But yeah, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to watch again. Uh, 
Uh, what is it? Where's the AL playing? Is the AL in California and the NL in Texas? Or is it reverse? I don't, I don't know. remember. Uh, one of those. One of those. Uh, either the AL's in California, the NL's in Texas, or vice versa. Uh, but they're going to play all the postseason games. I think in the California NL's in Texas. Texas because they can have fans. Maybe. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was. But, uh, uh, but it should be really exciting to watch. Uh, again, we have more playoff teams. Uh, this year than we do in any other year, uh, which I'm excited about. And I, I hope some of this ends up sticking. Uh, but yeah, our tribe going back to the postseason, have a chance at it one more time. And there's nothing more you could ask for at the end of a year. So let's transition right. on. Right. Let's transition on to our, uh, our other big team going on right now in Cleveland. And that is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, one thing we didn't really get a chance to talk about uh, on the podcast because <clears throat> the game was last Thursday, the day we released our last podcast. But in their last game, Thursday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns came out and offensively put on a show uh, against the Bengals, and they showed you exactly what kind of team they want to look like. Uh, Baker Mayfield was efficient. He was good. He was accurate. Uh, and the running game, those big boys on the offensive line, uh, they're, they're – their new football or their new fullback uh, and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just absolutely went off uh, rushing for over 200 yards against the Bengals. And uh, man, that was in all of last year outside of the game against the Ravens, which was really more of like big play, big play. Jesus, Chad. Sorry. <laughs> It was really more a big play after big play against the Ravens. I don't know that we ever saw a game last year of what they wanted to look like. Like, I feel like they just, they never got to it. I feel like last, last Thursday, that's exactly what the Cleveland Browns wanted to look like. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Uh, Freddie kitchens had no, there was no identity with this team last year. And the one thing Stefanski has done, he has come in, he is, every player uh, what's expected of him and he's let them know that you know this is what we're going to do and and i i really think that structure and that identity has really helped a lot of these guys uh just be just because they know what's expected of them and they know what they're going to do week in and week out and this is going to be a run heavy offense all year folks run heavy offense and then baker is going to thrive off of play action passing uh yeah so so i i, I really think you know, I mean, I don't know. It seems like the, it's been that way for a while. Like maybe that might be a reason that this team hasn't really won as is there's been no real structure and culture, but this Stefanski Barry tandem has, has really seemed to set like, a, like I said, a structure, but like also a culture. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really like what's going on so far. I'll say that. Yeah. The, the culture is something that just hasn't been with the team for years. Right. Years. Forever. Um, right. What I I just like completely baffled by is Baker Mayfield had a, I'll say it, a great performance on Thursday night versus the Bengals. Well, how great is it? Because I know where we're going with this, and I'm excited to sound off on this too. But how great was it? Who led the NFL in quarterback rating in week two? Was it Baker? It was Baker Mayfield. All right. It yeah. was that. It was that. He was the good. number one QB for QBR he in the NFL. He played better than Kyler. He right. played better than Russ. Better than right. Cam. 
Um, I, so so for, these people and, out here, these people out here that are like, oh my God, he threw an interception or, oh my <laughs> God, he only threw for, what was it, like 214 yards or something like that? Like yeah, that's... And for, if, uh, if you want a Cam Newton or if you want like a Russell Wilson that's throwing five touchdowns to five different receivers, that's you'll never get that out of Baker and not to any fault of Baker. That's not the system that the Browns run. Like that's just not the identity as a team. Like they are, like you said, Chad run first, they are tight end heavy. So they're looking at those like five to 15 yard passes uh, while mashing the ball, uh, be the run game and then like you're going to have like one or two balls downfield but you're not going to get like 400 yard performances out of baker he's not going to throw four touchdowns he might but like that would be more of like a fluke i think than anything yeah i mean and for all you people who say like oh he played the Bengals, stop it this isn't high school okay these are professional athletes okay it, it's, it's not it's, it is it's not, not the detroit like, lions yeah it's not easy okay <laughs> it's, it's it's not easy no matter who you play. Yes, the Bengals are, are, are down. They're young. They're learning. But they're still professional freaking athletes. Okay? Well, how many games – for people that say that, for people that say that, how many games in, – in, in the Browns' worst stretch, 1-31, how many games did, they, did teams have to beat them at the end? Like yeah, how many games lot. were these close, tight games that teams had to beat them at the end uh, – the Browns would make a stupid mistake in the fourth quarter and they were winning. How many games right. did the Browns lose leading in the fourth quarter? Like, and a that's lot. one of the worst, that two year stretch is one of the worst two year stretches in the history of the NFL. That's one of the worst football teams in the history of the NFL. <laughs> and, and it was still not easy to beat them for right. most teams. It was not right. easy to beat them. The, the, you right. are a hundred percent right, Chad. I don't care whether it's the Bengals, the lions, I don't give a shit who it is. It's not easy to win in the NFL. So quit whining about how you won. You won. Move on to the next game. I feel <laughs> yeah. like other cities don't I feel like when the Patriots would like beat the Browns on like a last like uh, like a, a fourth quarter touchdown that they needed in a close game. I I'm pretty sure the Patriots fans weren't like oh, yeah, but it was the Browns like ugh. No, I'm right. sure they were cool. Got the win. Moving on. Like right. that's how right. good teams do it. Right, and, and and you know the thing is, and and this is one thing the NFL will always have over uh, over college. It, it it doesn't matter who you beat or how you beat them, as long as you win. There's no system that goes into it. There's right, no. You don't have variables. to worry about rankings, ratings. Yeah, you don't have to worry about rankings. All that matters is you win. If the Browns win, if the Browns go fifteen and one, and and fourteen of those wins are three to two, guess what? You're Sweet. in the playoffs. <laughs> you're, 50, you're the one seed. <laughs> you're the one right. seed. You're good to go. <laughs> so, well, and, and I, I want to go back to what Joe was saying too, because this Baker Mayfield nonsense is driving me up a wall. I will say, Joe, in this offense, I don't necessarily agree with 100% of what you said. Because in a run heavy offense, I think Baker is going to have a couple games where he throws a f- several touchdowns. Because teams have to try to stop the run. And that's going to open up things for Baker. That's how this offense is supposed to work. Uh, So I think Baker will have some of those games. He didn't need to in this one. And for the love of everything, it was driving me crazy on Twitter when he threw that interception. And listen, it is what it is. He was taking a shot. 
He didn't see the backside corner come off his man when they put him in motion, and he should have. It wasn't a good interception, but it is what it is. Here's the deal. Like, I feel like I need to make this clear for any Browns fans that listen to this. Baker Mayfield's going to throw interceptions. Baker Mayfield pushes the ball. He throws the ball downfield. What was the difference between – and, again, Joe Burrow played great – but Joe Burrow's average, like, attempt was, like, less than five yards per attempt. Yeah, he had Whereas, 61 attempts. And Baker's, oh. Baker's average yards per attempt was, like, nine and a half. Like, the throws Baker was making, like, uh, I think of that one to Austin Hooper on third down that kept the drive going. That was a huge throw. Obviously, the throw, the beautiful throw out to Odell for the touchdown. Like, the guy was on point all night. He makes one mistake, and all of Twitter explodes with, oh, my God, that interception. You can't – listen, if Baker Mayfield plays in that vein of, like, a risky, risk-taking quarterback, uh, the one you associate is Brett Favre. Oh. Brett Favre always threw interceptions. Always threw interceptions. But he was still one of the best quarterbacks uh, of his era because he always made plays. Oh, but, Mike – he Baker was the number one pick in the draft. He should play like the number one pick in the draft. Like what? I don't know. How do you define that? Number one picks don't throw interceptions. Have they, have they never thrown an so interception play, in their life? So you should play like Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I just, I just get so I. I I'm so tired of this like weird thing that we've got about Baker. Like the guy is a good quarterback. Get over the fact that he's going to throw a couple picks, get over the fact that he's going to have some balls batted down at the line. That, that happens. Uh, But you could see it. You could start to see it. He is so much more comfortable in this offense behind this, what has become a flippant studly offensive line. Let's talk about these guys for a minute. Jedrick, Jedrick Wills. Amazing. J- everybody that was worried, everybody Woo! that was worried, oh, right tackle, left tackle. I tried to tell you, he's a blindside tackle. He was a blindside tackle at Bama. He's a blindside tackle for the Browns. He is a blindside tackle. He is amazing. Joe and he's Thomas only going to get better. <laughs> Joe Thomas has been tweeting like his boners about this guy all week. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 Figure like, out a like, different he- way to say that. Yeah, no, well, sorry, but uh, he's been getting a boner <laughs> over this guy, and uh, you know, and and you can see because he's been he's been retweeting, he's been quote tweeting uh, film study on, on this guy that people have been doing film study yep. on Jedrick Wills, and you know if he keeps this level of play up, I mean, we found our next Joe Thomas, Cleveland. Okay, we have found our next Joe Thomas. Uh, hey, listen, so for real, as and and he's got the athletic ability. He's got the quickness. He's got the strength. You just hope the one thing Joe Thomas had that you can't teach, that you can't learn. Uh, Joe Thomas never missed any games. Joe Thomas yeah. never missed any snaps until yeah. the end of his career. Joe Thomas never missed time. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully Jedrick's able to do that. But between Jedrick, Joel Batonio is a pro bowler and he's going to be yeah. a pro bowler again this year. Right. And he's going to be a pro bowler again next year. And the year after that, Joe Batonio is awesome. Right. Uh, how about Wyatt Teller? Yeah. He's been a monster. Has been yeah. a monster. Right. He's gone. He went from a, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, he's gone from a false start machine 
which he was in Buffalo, to uh, a solid guard this year. I mean, he's been he's been solid. Why Teller has been in been solid. Why Teller's been a beast, yeah. like a legit uh-huh. beast. JC right. Treader is awesome. And then and then what I love, and so I think I think credit has to go back to brand new Browns offensive line coach Bill Callahan, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. who is phenomenal at what he does. Wildly regarded as one of the best offensive line coaches the NFL's ever seen. Wildly regarded? Wildly re- Wait, what? Widely. Widely <laughs> regarded. People Fuck. are wildly out there regarding him. <laughs> widely regarded. Wow. Wow. I have another garage beer. And then I don't like this because I'm excited for Jack Conklin, but Jack Conklin can't play last week, or I guess he could have played but didn't really need to play. And so they put Greg Robinson in at right tackle? No. Beast. Not Greg Robinson. No, who'd they put in? I'm sorry. Chris Greg Hubbard. Robinson's in jail. Chris, Greg hey. Robinson's in jail for <laughs> He's in jail. <laughs> I meant He's in Chris jail Hubbard. For having like 500 pounds of weed. I meant Chris, Chris Hubbard. Hubbard. I meant Jeez. Chris Hubbard. I, don't know why I thought Greg Robinson. <laughs> you I idiot. Actually, I was getting ready to bring up Greg Robinson. <laughs> weed everywhere. 5,000 tons of weed. Uh, no, Chris Hubbard. I don't know what I'm talking about. What'd you Chris do this Hubbard. season? Oh, we just got a U-Haul and <laughs> yes, back yeah. to the brim of weed and drove it across Texas. He, he was a real-life We're the Millers. Have you guys seen that movie? <laughs> yeah, he totally is. Real life with the middle. He like he, he oh, picked up an RV. Movie. He picked up an RV down in Mexico and it just hid like tons of weed. That's <laughs> a great movie, by the way. Back. It really is. So Chris Hubbard, sorry, steps in and just goes beast mode at right, right tackle. He was awesome. Like the yeah. whole offensive line was great. And then you've got Austin Hooper, who on a statistical level, not having a great start to the year, but tremendous blocking. Oh my god. Big yeah. time setting yeah. things up. Harrison, Harrison Bryant, Bryant. Yeah. Harrison Bryant, good blocker. Uh, Janovich uh, from the fullback position is hit like it just. It's it it's funny. We go back to Baker, and Baker was so uncomfortable in that offense last year, partially probably because of the offense and how it was run. But the part was the dude. Like, let's not act like he wasn't running for his life most of the year. Most of it. Yeah, like uh-huh. Baker Mayfield never really had time. So everybody talked about how we would bail out of the pocket. Well, yeah, he didn't have a pocket all that much last year. This no, year, no. This year in the first week, he was bailing a lot. Last week, you could tell that he started to bail a couple times, and then he would set himself and make a throw. Yeah, and only going to get more comfortable, and that's only going to make make Baker more dangerous. So let's maybe let's maybe uh, continue to enjoy watching Baker, who is a competent and good quarterback with a rocket laser arm uh, who can make any throw and quit bitching. Oh, he threw one interception after like 19 straight completions. What a bummer. Like sure. it happens. What? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Sorry. That's my soapbox. That's my soapbox. Uh, no, no, I like it. I like it. You like Where's, my wait, soapbox. Where is it? Where, wait, where on, is your I'm soapbox? I'm standing on it. What? No, it looks like you're sitting. I'm well, sitting on it. I'm sitting on my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other uh, choice but to keep sitting on my soapbox. So the Browns go to one and one uh, uh, with a win over the Bengals, which and, – and, and look at the Bengals' offense for a minute. Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, uh, mm-hmm. Boyd, and like uh, Uzoma, and uh, – Who's out for the year? Not anymore. It's a bummer, but that's a good offense. 
Yeah, it is. Why do we act like they don't have a good offense? That's a good offense. Uh, Obviously, defensively, some concerns, right? The defensive line played really well. The middle of the field was wide open the whole game. Uh, But uh, coming back this week, hopefully, back at practice at least this week, we'll see what happens at the game. Greedy, back at practice. Even though Terrence Mitchell played really well, but fine. Good. Now you have a little more depth at the corner. Um, uh, So Greedy's back at practice. Kevin Johnson, back at practice. Uh, Mac Wilson, back at practice. Uh, oh boy, do it we looks need like, a linebacker. It looks like Adrian Claiborne <laughs> and Olivier Vernon are doing all right, and they're practicing. So you could get – because they ended up losing Olivier Vernon – or not Olivier Vernon, uh, Adrian Claiborne in that game, who was having a monster game, by the way, before he got mm. he went out. So you're looking at getting five players back that didn't play a whole lot last week, mm. if they played at all. Dude, but I'll tell you what, though. I – Olivier Vernon out, Adrian Claiborne out. They sent this Porter Gustin in. Yeah. And, you know, I started watching him. I started watching him. Man, oh, man. Is he big and fast? And you know who he reminded me of? Honestly, he reminded me of like a poor man's TJ Watt. And he he was just dominant. And like, so I started, I was like, who the hell is this Porter Gustin guy? I started looking up, look at like reading about him a little bit. People on the West Coast, he went to USC. People on the West Coast were shocked this guy went undrafted. And he just had an incredible camp. And, boy, like I, I, I want to see more of him because he was pressuring Burrow all night. Like, there wasn't a time where mm-hmm. he, he, he wasn't in on the play at the line of scrimmage because he, he was just so yeah. big and fast and physical. So, I, I – I, I want to see more of that. I'm not anointing him anything yet, but the Browns have a potential diamond in the rough there, just going off of by what I saw that Thursday night. Let's well, go back. To, you, oh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, I, I think as Browns fans, you got to have a little comfort in one. Well, just two things. Uh, you got pretty good depth at the lineman position, both on the offensive defensive side with Chris Hubbard yeah. and, uh, not Greg Robinson. <laughs> not Greg Robinson. No, I mean, like you might be able to bail him out uh, if you have enough money, but I don't know. If... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Port Augustine, like that is a, it's it's a little reassuring that we have some depth in those areas because we know we're lacking in other areas of depth for sure. Mm-hmm. Listen, the linebacking core needs to play better. BJ Goodson, man, God love him. I said this. We did a little wrap up video. He looks like a defensive tackle, like a linebacker in a defensive tackle's body. Yeah. And uh-huh. he's like the signal caller on defense, so they view him as an important piece of that defense, but uh, he's got to play better. Taki Taki yeah. has to uh-huh. make tackles. Like, Taki Taki is yeah. always around the ball. He's always around the ball, which is a good thing, but you got to make tackles. You've got to make tackles. Uh, I, texted you in the mid- I texted you in the middle of that game, man. We are a terrible tackling team. Well, and the, and, and the guy that I gave a hard time to, I'm going to tell you what, I think I tweeted this out, uh, Sendejo out at the safety position. Oh. I think he played better. I, I'm going to tell you, the one play that he made that I went, God, if he would just play at that speed and like look like that while he's out there, I'll take him, let him play, was the one where they had the helmet-to-helmet contact. But he flew in and made a hit. He made a couple nice tackles in that game. He missed a couple tackles, but he made a couple nice tackles in that game. But, yeah, listen, 
getting greedy back should help getting right. Kevin Johnson should help uh, getting Mac back. I mean, Mac Wilson, I don't want to ride too high on this guy. We're talking about him coming back. Like he's Ray Lewis, but uh, he's, he's got to help. Uh, but he's arguably, he's arguably the best linebacker in our yes. linebacking core right now. So, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if that's yeah. arguable. Yeah. He's not, he's not Ray Lewis, but he's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> but I do want to say, help. I do want to say this. I want to, just like I yelled at, Brown's Twitter about the Baker thing. I I got to do this about Miles Garrett. Oh My, God, yeah. Miles yep. Garrett is the best defensive player on this team, and Miles Garrett is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. And yet, all game long, as Miles get Miles Garrett is getting double and triple teamed by the Bengals. Here's Brown's Twitter. Where's Miles Garrett? Where's Miles Garrett? What do we pay this guy for? What do we pay him for? And then, and then take the, the double teams. And then he makes the strip sack, and the Browns get the ball at the one yard line. Right. And people are going, "Oh, finally, finally, right. he makes a play." Listen, right. you can't be that stupid. You can't. <laughs> I don't care don't if I'm pissed. If you if you think I'm talking about you right now, I am. You cannot be that stupid. <laughs> if the thought in your mind last Thursday was, well, Miles Garrett, where's he at? Then you weren't even watching. Miles Garrett, you want to know why Sheldon Richardson looked as good as he did? Miles Garrett. You want to know, and Sheldon Richardson's good. I, I'm not giving Miles Garrett all the credit, but Miles Garrett's a big reason for it. You want to know why Porter Gustin looked the way he did? Miles Garrett. You want to know why Adrian Claiborne was a beast when he was in there? Miles Garrett. Like, stop with the miles. Don't act like you don't like miles. Garrett is the best defensive talent we've had on this team. I think since they've been back. Right. So right. Stop it. Uh, yeah. you, know who he is? Crazy. you know who, you know who he is. He is who Courtney Brown was supposed to be. <laughs> Courtney right. Brown was so dominant out, uh, you know, at Penn state, yes. you know, big, strong, fast, everything about him. He is who Courtney Brown was supposed to be for yes. this team. And Plus, yeah, uh, yeah. Plus, if he doesn't have your eternal love for bashing a Steelers quarterback over the head with a helmet, <laughs> then you've got to check your Browns fandom yeah. because that was awesome. Uh, so, coming up this week, we got the Washington football team coming Upset into Cleveland. alert. Oh, you're so stupid. Ah, stop it. I got a couple things on that. Go okay. on. Well, I mean, you might as well go, Joe. Go if, ahead. If. if so, so <laughs> hear me out hear me out if the browns are going to have any type of playoff relevance they need to like win this game and like this like without a doubt like there it cannot be a close game you Why? have to smash yes you do no yes you do didn't Why we not? just Why? say with the Bengals that it's hard to win in the nfl yeah. And you just take a win when you get it. So now all of a sudden for Washington, it's different. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. No. I think you do. I think you <laughs> have to assert some. You know, listen, listen. I, I think that you have to put a team like this away because this is a team that can score 27 unanswered points if you're not taking them seriously. Like the what Eagles. Look on your face, Mike? Like what the Eagles. Face, Mike. Mike. Oh, go. Just say Listen, what you're going to say. What you got? What you got? 
listen, one, your first point, we just sat here and talked about how you were the one that said, don't well, I prepped, me. I prepped this don't before the, the podcast. The so I, you know, don't tell me how they beat the Bengals and that that's, you were the one that brought that up. No, no. I brought up specific performance points. You brought up the fact that they beat the Bengals and it doesn't matter because it's an NFL win, which is true. I don't care whether the Browns win by one or by a hundred. It's an NFL game. A win is a win. That number doesn't go anywhere in any kind of ranking or stat or anything. If you win, it just goes as a one in the win column. It does literally go no one to the win column. Some stats. No, it doesn't. No stats that matter. No stats that are going to do anything. No, you are. Listen. First of all, I'm already sick of Ohio State fans with Washington. <laughs> I'm already sick of Ohio State fans with Washington. Oh, but they've got – oh, but Terry McLaurin. And I love Terry McLaurin. I love Terry McLaurin. I think that guy is – he is so much better, better than anybody ever thought he was going to be coming out of college. For real. How much – how much do you love him? Tell me how much you love him. I love Terry McLaurin. I think he's a good ball player. But like, yeah. oh, oh, but Dwayne, oh, but Chase. Uh, listen, don't be Ohio State homers. Like, this is the Washington football team. And they've got holes everywhere. The one and one Washington sure. football team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one and one Washington Going football against team. the one and one Cleveland Browns. Listen, I, I will say this. Uh, not anywhere near as good of an offense as what we saw last week That's with the I'm Bengals. Saying. Not anywhere near as good of an offense. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is, is a good player and is still developing into even more of a good player. Terry McLaurin is a good player. Now, here's your task. Name me somebody else that plays for Washington on the My offensive touch. side of the ball. On the, oh, on the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the that's ball. Not, that's not the point I'm trying to make. I cannot. I'm not. I won't. Uh, and I can't. <laughs> I shan't. I won't and I can't and I shan't. Um, but my point is, is that like, this could be the, the type of game where you're overlooking the Washington football team for, who's it, the Texans we play after? Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could be overlooking this game to be, you might be. Who is you? You, you, you is going to find out if this team is well coached. The Browns team that went six and 10 last year. Yeah. Isn't overlooking anybody. The Browns team that got absolutely got their teeth kicked in week one against the Ravens. Isn't overlooking anybody. The Browns team, the Browns team that won a 35 to 30 game against the Bengals is not overlooking anybody. The 6 and 10 Browns from last year overlooked the entire regular season and before they realized that they were losing it was like week 17. Listen, that was <laughs> so you like took what I said and then you made like a hard right turn. I know, I tried to find you, that one point that like I could didn't maybe even like turn your turn signal on. I tried to find that one point I could have a counter on, but then there was other points that I I couldn't counter on and then <laughs> Uh, you know, listen, listen, this, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm picturing right now? This is why I have to drink with you guys in person one day. Because <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> gonna, <laughs> because, 
because I'm just picturing you two like around your dad's fire, Joey, just like arguing about this after you drank like well, each drank like fifteen or sixteen beers. <laughs> and it's just making and, me laugh. <laughs> and this is why you would love that because it's usually not me. It's oh, really? Like to, oh, yeah. Well, that's where I get it from. It's usually him that's making these types of comments. <laughs> he does the <laughs> same <laughs> damn thing. Well, yeah, but it's Mike going. All of a sudden, you're Mike on going. Like, all of a sudden, you're on like a straight road argument back and forth. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, the Waylands, Joey or his dad, We'll take you down Lombard Street in San Francisco, and all of a sudden they're just hard right, hard left, hard right, hard left, hard right. You're like, <laughs> you know, he's got to find creative ways to poke holes in your seemingly work. flawless argument. Well, you know, worth a shot. <laughs> Listen, uh, Michael Scott yo. say you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Wait, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky actually said that. Wayne Gretzky said that. I think it was Michael Scott. Uh, well, it was Michael Scott too. Michael Scott too. Listen, guys, this team. Uh, Antonio Gibson is the starting running back. Uh, he's Fire. he's okay. He's okay. Uh, uh, JD McKissick, Marcus Ball. No, nah, McKissick's on the 49ers. Yeah, the Marcus Ball. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I listen. Do I think I think this week is a good opportunity? for the Browns defense to get a, to get a win. And I don't mean in the win column, like win loss NFL the season. Well, well, the I mean, but those, stats, those stats don't really matter though. Again, I to just said that's not what I mean, you mean, dumbass. To get, to gain uh, some confidence. Yeah. They need, a, they, they need a win. They gave up a ton of points. They're, they're so far. They're averaging more than 30 points allowed. Uh, I think this is a good opportunity to uh, stop that slide. Washington's offensive line is rough. Uh, so that defensive line should eat. Uh, and, and again, only one real, uh, one real threat on offense at Terry McLaurin. Uh, defensively, they got some good players still. That defensive line for Washington is a good defensive line. They still have Kerrigan. They, now they have Chase Young. That's a good right. defensive line. Uh, but yeah. uh, on a defensive level, this should be a game that hopefully uh, the Browns have circled as – Let's keep this team under 20 points, uh, and and let's let's put this one away easy. Uh, and I agree with Joe that you want to do that, but at the same time, on the back end of that, if they win by on a last second field goal, I don't give a shit. Like correct, but you just proved my point. Thank you. I think I've won this argument. Breaking <laughs> news coming in. Breaking news coming to the podcast. Uh, Tito Francona will be the manager for the postseason. Yeah. Saw that. Nice. He I will still be contend. there. I am. I. I'm fifty fifty, but I. I still think he might not return next year. I think he'll still also, be with the Indians. I yeah, think I think it depends on it depends on the off season. Honestly, I think he'll still be with the Indians in like an advisory role, a front office role. But like, I don't. I don't know if he returns to the dugout. I think they just make Sandy the full time head coach. I hope he does, but um, you know, obviously, I think we're in good hands if he doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, final score prediction. Oh, Chad, go ahead. You got something you want to say? No, I, I, I that that's just my uh, one concern for this. I mean, it's going to be a real challenge, challenge for for Jedrick Wills and yeah. um, Jack this Conklin this week line. is because yeah, between you know between Chase Young, uh, Jonathan Bostic, and uh, Montez Sweat on the other side there. I mean, this is a team that has seven. I just looked it up. It was seven sacks through two games this year. Yeah. So they get, they, they pressure 
the quarterback. So uh, I, I think that's going to be, you know, I, 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 you know, this offense, like, you know, this Washington offense, it, it's not very good. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something to, it, it, it's definitely something they can hold. Or, or it, it's definitely an offense that's not going to score a lot of points, but if you let that Washington defense allow this Redskin team to hang around and, and allow them to get pressure on Baker, you know, I think this could be a low scoring, pretty close game. But uh, so that's, that's the challenge I see. I don't think it's going to happen, you know, especially in a run first offense like this, Brown, like this Browns team is, but um, yeah, I was going to say that in, was, that was the key, Chad. They got a lot yeah. of good pass rushers on that defensive line. Right. A lot of good pass rushers, but right. the Browns are going to come out and run the ball. Right. And right. that's going to negate some of that pass rush uh, because right. even in it's going to open up those play actions hard because those pass rushers are going to have to play the run. Uh, and so the play action should come in real handy for the Browns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just so, hope he doesn't throw that one pick. All right, real quick. <laughs> uh, go around the horn. Joe, final score prediction, Browns, Washington football team. 28-14. No, 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 28-10. Woo! <laughs> All right, Chad, final score prediction. Uh, 24-13, Browns. 24-13. Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go 35-10. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm going to I'm going to say they're going to put up the points like they did last week. Okay. Uh, it's the Bengals and we'll move on with it. Okay. So Browns <laughs> Washington, I don't know what you're doing. Browns, Washington football team coming up this weekend. Uh, uh, it was a crazy weekend. Let's just talk a little bit NFL before we get out of here. Uh, it was a crazy. NFL? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We don't have time for anything. Uh, okay. It was a crazy weekend in the NFL, though. Injuries. Uh, yeah. Lore. I mean, mm-hmm. good grief. Sad. Saquon Barkley out for the year. Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain. Done for right. four to six weeks. The 2020 San right. Francisco uh, 49ers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Defense. <laughs> yeah. The entire 49ers. Yeah, Joey. Uh, uh, no, Nick Bosa. Not Joey Bosa. Nick yeah. Bosa. Nick Bosa out for the year. Uh, Solomon well Thomas. As, yeah. Uh, Garoppolo you know, the, got hurt. The Browns might have lucked out um, with, uh, you know, for the news that the 49ers filed a formal complaint against uh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Right. The NFL is investigating um, so that turf now. They're investigating that, and significant injuries have come from that field. And you wonder if it's not a good thing that the uh, Browns aren't going to be there for what another Until the 10 end weeks? of the year. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, just just a crazy. You know, uh, I can't. You know, the the Saquon Barkley thing is is nuts just to lose a guy of that caliber for the year. It's it's a bummer. Right. Like, yeah, I hate to see you that. like watching him play. Uh, Raheem Mostert out there in San Francisco, former Brown. He went down, uh, and I think he's probably out this week. Right. It just is – it was a crazy week. Uh, Some crazy games uh, we brought up. That Cowboys-Falcons game. Atlanta and Dallas. Wow. The the Falcons on the ESPN score tracker, they were a 99.9% favorite at one point. Yeah. And then Dallas kicked that craziest onside kick of all time that took like 10 minutes to go 10 <laughs> yards and then yeah. recovered it. Right. Uh, Dallas comes back, Dak, you know, Dak Prescott, man, you know, he's playing for that contract. He's asking for like sure. 
he's asking for like Drew Brees, like top level quarterback type money. Right. Uh, and man, what a comeback he led uh, for the Cowboys yeah. coming back against the Falcons. The, uh, the, that Seahawks Patriots game was one of the most enjoyable football games I've watched yes. in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Cam, oh, Newton, no, I, uh, Cam Newton looked like Cam Newton. He did. Uh, he was, he did, he did a healthy Cam Newton this year, man. And you know, the Patriots are basically are basically illegally stealing him at $1 million for this year. I mean, he looked good. Russell Wilson was awesome. Uh, it was a, it was a crazy week. Oh, go ahead. No, Russell Wilson has nine touchdowns through the first two weeks. Remember that report where we almost traded for him? Wow. <laughs> this year? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, not nothing against Baker, but I would take Russ over him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Russ plays. Russ is comfortable where he is, and he's in a system right. that works for him. And and that's right. the thing, you can't look player by player. Right. Can you sure. honestly say that if Patrick Mahomes came to the Browns, the Browns over the last several years would have put him in a position to be what he is now? No, 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 no. no. Okay. This year they might have. This year yeah. they would have. But they found they found their way into systems that work for them. The Chiefs just keep rolling. Uh, although Clyde Edwards Elair uh, was the talk of the NFL week one, and then he had like thirty yards rushing in week two. Uh, so you know, interesting stuff there. But yeah, it's been a this week was a crazy crazy week in the NFL, and and we've got some good matchups coming up. Are you guys afraid Joe. of the Steelers? Afraid. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not afraid. Like they're, they're not as, they're not, they're a good football team, but they're not like scary good. Like they've been in years past. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it's, it's, it's a good defense. Like you're not going to uh, you get know, they, blown out by them. Right. Right. But, but they, but they play again, they play good defense and Ben right now, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how he, plays because i think he's still shaking off the rust a little bit but um it's gonna be yeah we'll, we'll see by the time they get by the time yeah. we start we play the steelers you never know they might be at full force but that defense doesn't scare me but it's good so it's i i think yeah. it might be a pretty good matchup this year i think i said that in our uh episode with uh uh cameron i think i said that we were going to go one-on-one against the steelers and it's probably true. Uh, P.S. I went back and listened to that episode. Uh, we all had the Browns beating the Bengals in week two. Uh, unfortunately for Chad and I, Chad and I saw the Browns coming out and starting hot week one, making a statement. <laughs> that didn't happen. Joe and Cameron saw them losing to the Ravens. So Joe and Cameron, perfect. Uh, right now, Chad and I, we had a little bit of a miss. Uh, in oh, week boy. A little bit. A little bit on oopsies. Uh, yeah. So listen, we wanted to talk about other stuff, but we got into the Indians, we got into the Browns, we got into the NFL, uh, okay. NHL, NHL Stanley Cup Finals going on now. The Lightning stomped, like just absolutely destroyed the Stars tonight. Beat you, the piss out of them. You got you got NBA basketball going on. Miami, Boston. Right now, Miami is trying to take a three-one lead. The Lakers and the Nuggets series has been wildly entertaining for real. That has been a ton of fun to watch. Uh, so. We're coming to the end of some of these bubble sports, basketball mm-hmm. and hockey. We got baseball playoffs starting uh, next week. And obviously the Browns 
and against the Washington football team coming up at Cleveland, our first energy stadium uh, this weekend. So a lot more fun stuff to go. Uh, Chad, do you want to, do you want to talk about next week's episode? Next week's episode? Sure. Yeah. Do we sure. want to, do we want to tell people what's happening on next week's episode? I don't know. Should we keep it a secret? What do you think? What are your, what are your guys' opinions? Tell it. Tell it. This is super exciting. Next week, folks, recording with us on Tuesday, but obviously the episode will be released on Thursday. You're from your Columbus Blue Jackets. The captain, one of the captains of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Nick Foligno, will be joining us. The captain, Nick Foligno, will be joining us on the podcast. So it's going to be so exciting. Nick Foligno on the podcast. We'll talk, we'll talk, but we'll talk life in the bubble. We'll talk what he thinks about these NHL playoffs. What he, what, what's he doing with his off season? Did he beat Cam Atkinson's ass in the, his virtual 5K race? Uh, all that and more. And more. All right. <laughs> so I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Chad, Joey, you guys got any last minute stuff before we head out of here? No. Oh, oh hey, there we go. How about this? Quick uh, fantasy football check, Joe. Ooh. Uh, the team we drafted. Ooh. Oh, tough, tough, tough. Talk I to mean, me. We had we had CMC in the first overall pick. Oh, He's yeah. out four to six oh, weeks. Yeah. Rough. Um, my backup running back Matt Breida is not doing well. No. And with the fourteen team league, the waiver wire was very thin. I won my first week, <laughs> so I was really um, low. Right? No, high on the waiver wire. No, low. I don't Really far away from getting the people I wanted. <laughs> really, really not close. So real far away. <laughs> I submitted about five transactions, got none of them. Um, oh jeez. So we might be starting Matt Breida this week. Um, looking for some. I'm one on one right now. Looking for some bounce back from T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry this week. I think we'll get some pretty good numbers out of them. Going to be really scraping at this running back position. I got to tell you, it's it's not looking great. But if yeah. we can get CMC back, um, you know. Before halfway point of the season, I think we'll be fine. All right. So fantasy check. So what's your record? One and one. One and one. And then in our league, so Joey and I are in a league. It's my league that I've run for years now. Uh, Joe is two and zero. Oh. Joe's well, team is stacked. I've I've kind of run it. A couple, I'm sorry. Couple of years. The defending champion is on this podcast, and his name isn't Joe Whalen or Chad Exotic. Uh. So thank you very much. Although my team was, I thought my team was going to be rough, but they put up big points this week. Got to win. Uh, yeah. What about you, Chad? You got fantasy teams going right now? Yeah, I do. I'm uh, struggling in my one league, but it's kind of a, just a one-off league. I joined just to help my buddy out. I'm 0-3. <laughs> like last last week was a doubleheader. Uh, I came close to winning both games, but it wasn't a wasn't good. Uh, and in my other league, that I am one and one. So I, I was able to come away with a win. I struggled in week one, but uh, scored big, big points in week two. I just kind of barely pulled it out because I was up. I was up like 90 something points uh, in it, but the guy still had Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf oh. to go. Oh. So I was like, Ugh! but, uh, and, and then I was like, okay, if I could just hold him off, I've got Emmanuel Sanders Monday night. I, oh, I think I'll be good. One catch. And he had one freaking catch. But luckily, <laughs> oh my god! And, and, and then and then he had um, and then he had Will Lutz. He had he had he had the Saints kicker. So yes. uh, so yeah. Let's... Yes, before we get out of here, uh, how about the state of NFL stadiums? 
That Raider Stadium looked freaking sweet. <laughs> oh, my unbelievable. God. The, new the new Rams. Unbelievable. Stadium sweet. Then don't forget yeah. about like Minnesota. That stadium's insane. And Dallas. Right. And, like, right. Can we get one of these new era football stadiums? Because <laughs> I know they've done a ton of upgrades to it, but our stadium sucks. It does. It does. No reason there should not be a roof at that stadium I or a retractable roof, right? I agree. Right. I agree. Anyways. All right, so fantasy football teams are doing okay. I got one that's 2-0, and oh, uh, but uh, I had Christian McCaffrey as my first pick, so that sucks <laughs> real bad. Probably not going to keep that undefeated streak going. Uh, and then 1-1 one and one in my league. Oh, uh, I do have – sorry, one last thing before we go. go. Um, I, I'm in a league with my dad. It's called Dads and Dudes. to do with a bunch of college guys uh, that I went to school with in Nashville, and we all play with our dads. And Adorbs. <laughs> he had Adorbs. he had Adorbs. He had the second overall pick and was driving home from work and missed Saquon Barkley oh, yeah. and hit Dalvin, <laughs> hit Dalvin Cook. Cook on accident. <laughs> and we were giving him so much shit for it. And then I texted him, son, I was like, you are so lucky that you have fat thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, y'all. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for hanging out with us in the garage. We had a good time just talking sports. Indians playoffs starting next week. We got Browns. Uh, Stay tuned. Get over to our Twitter channel and and follow us, our Twitter page, at The Garage Beers. Uh, We have decided that after uh, Browns games on Sundays, we're going to do like a live, shorter version of a recap uh, for the Browns. And we're going to do that on video. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do that yet, but we're going to figure that out. Uh, and we'll release that on our Twitter page. So get over to at the garage beers on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at the garage beers, and you can find us on Facebook as well. But for Joey down in Nashville for Chad over there on the East side, I am Michael Keefe saying thanks for joining us in the garage tonight and cheers everybody. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.